0: Hey, Open Life, I wanted to take a moment to introduce to you the title of today's message, Uncommon, and really unpack where it came from and our thoughts that it might apply for in the future. Uncommon is a word that really was discovered while I was scrolling through my Instagram feed a few months ago. I was looking through the different images and came across one that was just a a clear white screen with a handwritten word. And as I of focused in on that word i discovered that it said uncommon and immediately it was as if the lord challenged me or spoke to me in that moment and said hey this is what women need to understand i have in mind for them that they're designed uh, not to be common but uncommon in the world we live in and i was uh, i went to the bible and found a couple passages like romans 9 21 23 says Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use? What if he did this to make the riches of his glory known to the objects of his mercy, whom he prepared in advance for glory? And then in 2 Timothy 2.20, it says, in a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. And as I read those, I was like, that's exactly the heart of God for women. And I brought it to Dana. I said, Dana, here is, here is a beautiful word that could be that platform, if you will, for when we do ladies' retreats or, or women's events that we would just be able to pour in that value and that understanding into women that you are designed for special purposes, not for common use. Like you are uncommon in the eyes of God. And we all need to hold that heart for women. So what a better way to launch kind of the heart of Uncommon than to preach a message about the special purposes God has for moms, has for women, has for all of us as we've discovered when we were beginning to unpack this talk today. But we're excited for the future. We're excited to be able to build up women and say, you're Uncommon in the eyes of God. And we all need to hold that honor and heart towards women. So enjoy this talk today. And we can't wait to unpack the heart of Uncommon in the future. Man, he's a good-looking guy. I just said the whole time I was watching that video, I was like, handsome, handsome. Uh, our big idea today, my twin brother, who did you think? No, just kidding. Um, our big idea today is you're designed for special purposes. You're designed for special purposes. And like I said on that video, While this was originally a talk for just mothers, and it's Mother's Day and Happy Mother's Day, uh, we found that this ultimately, honestly applies to each and every one of us as a human being to capture God's heart for us, Uh, his perspective of us, his view of us, is that we are uncommon. Um, He did not design us to be just common, but he has special purposes for each and every one of us. But today, I want to build up, edify, encourage the women. And uh, moms and women and families, if you did not discover, we have a little photo booth back there. And so uh, they've been taking pictures of your kids as they go back and all that. But if you want to snap a shot afterwards, we would love to get your picture and we'll throw it up on the Open Life Bonnie Lake Facebook page. Sometime later, probably not today. It'll be like tomorrow so that we can celebrate Mother's Day and not be uploading pictures all afternoon. Anyway, so uh, it'll be awesome. So I don't know if you've ever heard the story, but it made me think of it when I was thinking of special purposes and, and really the, the power of understanding how God sees you and the value he holds You. Like he just, he sees you as so valuable. And uh, there's a story that maybe you've heard it. Anybody heard the 10 cow bride story? 10 cow, you're going, I mean, we're close enough to Buckley and Claw that I can tell the story, right? I live in Buckley. I can say that. Okay, moving on. Uh, it does. Somebody came over the other night and they're like, it smells like cows, like a farm, right? And I was like, Yep. That is an accurate description of the evenings at our house. So anyway, we uh, here's the story. It, it, it took place um, in Oahu and the Hawaiian Islands. An, an unusual custom was observed. For a daughter's hand in marriage, cows were paid to the prospective um, bride's father by the prospective husband. So like... If I wanted to marry your daughter, I would bring to you uh, a number of cows I saw an equal value to your daughter. Kind of crazy, right? Can you imagine? The average rate for like a really beautiful, high-valued woman would be like three cows. I mean, if she's just drop-dead model gorgeous full of character and wisdom and just more precious than any woman on, on the land, four cows, right? There was a rumor at the time that one bride long ago went for as much as five cows. Can I, just, I just can't imagine this, being a father and going, five cows, huh? absolutely she's yours you know what I'm saying this is crazy to me but this is this I did not make this up so uh, uh the the story goes that that this prospective wealthy guy his name was Johnny Lingo which makes me assume that this is all made up but anyway uh the the richest man on the island came to his home and uh and and this guy had two daughters and he had one daughter that was just beautiful. He knew, like all of her youth, he knew, man, this is this is a potential for cow cowgirl, right? And, uh, but he had a second daughter, uh, or that was the first, the, the, the second daughter. The first daughter, unfortunately, the oldest, um, she was kind of homely, I guess is a, a good word, and she didn't have she wasn't that bright and she just wasn't confident and so as she grew through her youth he was pretty confident that she was potentially a liability and he would be willing to even give her hand away for zero cows so he didn't have the expense of feeding her like dead serious this is the story I just messed it up, I was supposed to introduce her first. But that's what happens when it's alive. I can't re-edit this, this is just going, right? So first girl, homely, second girl, potential four cowgirl. Well, Johnny, Lingo, shows up on the scene. He's there, and he shows up, and he's like, this is a, one of the wealthiest people in the land. I know that she's, he's here for my second daughter. He was excited, he was gonna grow in wealth, Four cows. And he calls for the oldest daughter, the firstborn. And he was like. And then he calls his servant along, and he has ten cows. And he's about to fall over to just pass out. He can't believe that Johnny Lingo brought ten cows for his firstborn. And The custom in the island was that they would go on a honeymoon for a year, but when you pay 10 cows, they went away for two years. So the story is that after two years, they see Johnny Lingo coming, and he's with a woman that they do not recognize. She's more beautiful than any woman in the land. She is confident and full of esteem and and just radiant and everybody at the time two years earlier said oh my word what a steal of a deal you're the luckiest father on earth i can't believe this story will be told forever but when she returned and she was full of confidence and she lived up to that 10 cow perception and he treated her with the honor of a 10 cow girl that this the people in the land said man he got a steal of a deal Now, I don't know if that story is true or not, Uh, but here's the deal. You might find it on the cover of the Inquirer and just believe it's truth. People do that. That was a political joke. Anyway, moving on. Uh, So you you realize the truth of this story is people live up to your expectancy. And what if you give the amount of honor that someone is potentially worth? Thought one, honor cultivates your purpose. If we're divine, designed for special purposes and God has special purposes for us, God sees us as 10 cow people. Okay, let's pray. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> let's just wrap it up right there. You're a 10 cow person, you're full of confidence. Happy Mother's Day. You're a 10 cower. Let's move on. Uh, But what if we held the same perspective God holds for us, the same honor? The potential of others is truly up to your perception of others. What if we honor others with that value that God honors them? Because he says we were not designed for common use, but for special purposes. We're uncommon. You're uncommon. This is something we must give each other, and it's painful if we're at a place in life where we have to demand it. Hey, are you forgetting I'm a 10-cower? That'd be weird, right? And, uh, but sometimes we put people in that position in our life. We don't honor them. We don't value them as an individual or person, a human. And they're trying to defend their value. What if we would just give value away? honor. We should be those who present this opportunity, create environments where people are honored and discover the special purposes God has for all of us. With all this great weather we've been having, an illustration came to mind because of the pains my body's been going through, uh, laboring around the house. One of the things we've done is we've, we've planted seeds, well, Actually, at our house this week, we planted a lot of seeds, grass seeds, and that's why my arms still hurt, even though I scattered all that dirt on Monday. But anyway, uh, we, you know, sowed seed, and when you think of a seed and you think of its potential, it's like honor. Honor in someone's life helps sow a seed in them that can bear fruit beyond our imagination. You know, you once heard somebody say, don't count the 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 apples but count the apples in the seed you know it's like the seeds have power they're apple trees which bear more apples than you can count and you just look at man what could come if we honor one another it's like a seed that could bear fruit beyond our understanding and men i'm a, you're not off the hook because it's mother's day okay this is checkout talk This is totally a Mother's Day talk. I'm free. Yeah, mental break. No, challenge. Here's the reality. You get to honor. It's your challenge to treat women with high honor in a world where sometimes we're treating women with more disrespect. We need to treat women with honor and respect and purity because out of that will produce confidence. Now, we can only sow the seed of honor, and, and women, it's, it's up to you to choose to follow Jesus and provide the environment for that honor to take root and be just fresh soil for it to grow. That seed of honor will grow through your relationship with Jesus. Listen to this. 1 Timothy 5, 1 through 2 says, Never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully as you would your own father. Talk to younger men as you would to your own brothers. Treat older women as you would your mother. And treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sister. So, guys, older women... Mom, younger women, sister, right? How would you want them to be treated? Ephesians 6, 2 through 3 says, honor your father and mother. This is the first command with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on earth. Honor, respect, purity. Do we treat women with that? I don't know if you've ever watched the show Restaurant Impossible with Chef Robert Irvine. Anybody watch that? Raise your Okay, more hands on that. I'm feeling the love in the room all of a sudden. So here's the deal. I love that show. I've often wondered what would it look like to do Church Impossible have him just come in and mess up a church, you know? You suck as a preacher! Did you study? You know, and he just gets all strong, and he's like from the military and wants to kill people. And so, but he goes into restaurants, he's like, you can't cook, this is, You know, and it's like, this message was horrible. Where did you brew your coffee? you call Kirkland water, water, <laughs> you know, whatever he would do. I would have no idea, but it'd be funny. And I would watch the show. So, but he comes in and he turns restaurants around in like 24 hours. He has two days, but it, it's so fast. And this one episode that uh, we just watched the other day, he was coming into a, a cafe that like specialized in, in coffee and, and a little, a little uh, bistro, if you will, but they were failing because that's the restaurants he shows up to. And he discovered it wasn't necessarily their knowledge that made them fail. It wasn't the product per se that was making them fail. But it was the fact that the wife had this vision of a cafe that made incredible coffee for people. But the husband came in, who was a firefighter, and decided that he would like overrule her and demean her continually and not let her lead. And Robert Irvine shows up and hears him calling his wife unbelievable names in the hearing of the customers and the employees. And he's just berating her and demeaning her and talking down to her. And, and he calls them onto his bus and gets a video, plays the video, and he's a big dude. Like, I wouldn't want to get in a fight with Robert Irvine, right? Even though I could take him. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, so, but he's sitting there and he says this. He just, he's he points at the video and he says to the husband, he says, Get out of my face. Just get out of here. I want you to leave. You never talk to a woman like that. The guy was just like shocked that somebody was standing up to him, right? Then he takes him to the, his own fire station and has all these things set up for him, brings the wife, and has her in his ears in a headset while he just tortures the guy for hours doing impossible tasks and has her berate him the whole time. It was this weirdest marriage exercise I've ever seen in my life. Some of you are going, this sounds fun. Is this like what we're doing? Is this the action point today? Um, this is going to be an incredible sermon. But uh, they, he shows up and just like, he asks the guy, what do you think I'm doing? And he says, you're treating me like I treat my wife. And he goes, yeah, you never treat her like that again. And he turns a restaurant around. They remodel it. It looks incredible. But really... He was trying to teach a husband to honor his wife. She was the one with the education. She was the one with the know-how how to run this business, and he got in the way. And I think we need to learn, you know, it's, it was messy. This show was messy, but he needed to let her dream and do whatever he could to get out of her way to fulfill the dream and purpose on her life. Brings me to thought, too. Purpose is often found in your mess. Purpose is often found in your mess. I've heard it said that you either were a mess, are a mess, or you're one dumb decision away from being a mess. Isaiah 48.10 says, I have refined you, but not as silver is refined. Rather, I have refined you in the furnace of suffering. Whoa, I thought this was an encouraging message. So you're sending us out to suffer? Yes, let's pray. No, but in reality, that might be the season you're in. Silver would have to be refined at a high heat, just like gold. And it's said that suffering is not as painful of a refining process as silver because you might think that that passage is kind of brutal, right? But what if this process of the messes in our life and the challenges we face are meant to make us sharper and more refined and more in the likeness and image of God than to just kick us to the side and and make us feel worthless because we're suffering? What did I do to deserve the suffering? Or maybe should it be, what's my potential that I'm worthy of suffering? It's all perspective, right? I know we often want to get out of the storm, but what if we can be made better in the suffering? Moms, that video is kind of funny, wasn't it, that we opened with? I love it. I know in our home, some of that's accurate. And uh, like the plant, definitely there's accuracies in that. I'd be happy if it was a number one. Anyway, so uh reality is things happen. And uh when your son's like, uh I just went to the bathroom. Who well, you did outside with company? Yes. Number one or number two? Number two, where in my pants? No. Is this TMI? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with it anyway. And I was like I was like, No. And he's like, Yeah. It, let's take you to the bathroom. Oh, it's out there. How's it out there? Well, I just pushed it down. And you're like, no! You did not! In front of company? Go out to the lawn. Yes, he did. So, honey, you clean that. I'll clean that. Rock, paper, scissor. Ready, set. It's parenting, right? And so that constant chaos. And, and sometimes that's like, I need to tune out because this is painful, and I'm suffering mentally because of this. Get it. Get it. Live there. It's that quote. Um, It's warm outside. The windows are open. Everybody can hear what you're doing right now. You know, you're just like, please do not yell. (laughs) That's hilarious. Some of the things they yell, and you're just like, what would that sound like if somebody's walking by? Hmm, anyway, uh, I hope you're not in a storm, but if you are, I read something incredible this week, Uh, a blog from a mother who actually made it very clear why she doesn't come to church on Mother's Day. It was really interesting. It was called, it was a letter to a pastor as to why I don't go to church on Mother's Day and just made very evident how painful this day is for some. And uh, kind of, you know, she wrote this, this um, poem or just whatever you want to call it, a page uh, on the wide spectrum of mothering. And sometimes we can just say, hey, we love you moms, you're incredible. And those who are sitting next to us who've had miscarriage after miscarriage feel like something's wrong with them and, and they're suffering. Or maybe... You never were able to have children and of natural birth, and you feel, even though maybe you adopted, that you're just judged somehow because you're not a natural mother. Well, that's not the case here. You're all loved. And this article is beautiful, so I'm going to read this. To those who gave birth this year to the first child, we celebrate with you. To those who lost a child this year, We mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or runaways, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes, prods, fears, and disappointments, We walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't need to... We don't mean to make this harder than it is. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, or spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children we sit with you. To those who lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who experienced abuse, the hand of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who lived through driving tests, medical tests, and overall testing of motherhood, we're better for having you in our midst. To those who have aborted children, we remember them. And you on this day. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not turned out the way you longed for it to be. To those who step-parent, we walk with you in those complex paths. To those who envision lavishing love on grandchildren, yet the dream is not yet to be, we grieve with you. To those who who will have emptier nests in the coming year. We grieve and rejoice with you. That's one that's like, oh, it's kind of a win-win, kind of a lost win, you know, how do you do that one? Uh, To those who place children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. To those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, We anticipate with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart. And we have real warriors in our midst and remember you. Wow. So you could tell she had a passion to communicate the heart of God. Listen to this passage. Jeremiah 17, verse 7 says, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. And have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They're like trees planted along riverbanks with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. God saves you from your mess. Dana and I didn't have easy time having children at all, and I remember the first few months it was tough, tougher for Dana than it was for me, but then it started, you know, you think things you know aren't true. You think things like, man, this is because of the life I lived before I gave my life to Jesus, and before I found my bride, like I'm experiencing God's judgment. And I'm a pastor at the time. I'm thinking these thoughts, the doubts. And I'm just going, but at the same time, Dana's feeling like I'm not a worthy girl. I'm not a worthy woman. Why can't I have children? Why, what have I done? I've lived a pure life. And, and then it's like, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. And you're thinking these thoughts and maybe not saying it out loud or maybe sometimes saying it out loud. And it was painful. It was a trial. It it was definite suffering. It was a mess. And a year turned into two years. And the worry and the and the tests and the trial and just you look at that and it goes, Man, this is sometimes it's painful for people when a Mother's Day or a Father's Day comes along. I get that. People in good intent would come up to us on a Mother's Day or a Father's Day and say things like, hey, when are you guys going to have kids? Man, fun, kids, right? And you're like, they didn't realize that when they're saying that, it's like jabbing a sword in your gut and pulling it back out after they twist, right? To make sure the wound won't close. But anyway, that's why you twist. Moving, here's the reality. I would make it, I, I, I reply with humor sometimes, maybe, you, it might be hard to tell, but I would just say the same response every time, that they would say, well, are you guys going to have kids? I would just say, well, actually, right now, we're practicing. They'd look at us, and I'd just, you know, practice makes perfect, right? And you'd just kind of smile at them, and they'd feel really awkward. Once they kind of put two and two together, practicing, they're do di- oh, oh, okay, I, whoa, okay, gotcha, you know, and uh, some of them would joke back, well, it's time you get in the game, bro, stop practicing, and you just wanted to hit them, but move, you know, it was just like, that's a good reply, and I want to punch you, but the reality was, we were doing everything right and not getting the results we thought we were going to get, right, and finally, we just said, oh, okay, I'm done with, we're done with all these procedures or tests, we're just I surrender. We surrender. God, it's going to happen. It's going to be you. We're going to love each other. We're going to grow in our marriage. Moving on. And it was God who brings us to this moment in our life where we were prayed for. And like the hand of God, literally, I could feel him touch me. And I'll never forget, a few months later, we were pregnant. And we were pregnant with identical twins And the thought uh, that the doctor kept saying to us is, man, this is a miracle, isn't it? He's like, isn't it cool to know that, like, identical twins you can't medically produce? Like, nothing you did medically over the course of the last few years could have made you have identical twins, because identical twins are only a miracle from God. There's no way. And they would, like, getting that from an ultrasound doctor was just like this confirmation of, God the mess, the suffering, the endurance that we went through to get there was worth it. And now we're able to encourage others through that same trial. Every pregnancy was like that. Nope, not going to get pregnant. It's not cool when doctors tell you, man, you'll never get pregnant. This will be impossible. You know, but it's cool when God allows it to happen. Trials. So I don't know what the mess is in your life, what you're facing as a trial, but the truth is, God knows. Philippians 2, 12 through 13 says this. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, It is even more important, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Thought three obedience helps you learn your purpose. Obedience helps you learn your purpose. You're not going to have obedience, true obedience, biblical obedience, until you have salvation. The simple act of surrendering the will and heart to God. This will also prepare your heart to receive the honor that is being sown into you from the people around you because we build a culture that sows honor. From that salvation You have obedience, which begins to shift your very desires. Like at the core of inspiration, which then results in changed behavior. You can't be in the business of behavioral change because it comes from the heart and the desires and the mind. It's way deeper. That's why salvation comes way first. When we follow and obey our desires begin to change, and we experience the power to do what pleases Him. And that's purpose. If our purpose doesn't please God, then maybe we haven't found our true purpose. Obedience is like this launching pad for us to begin to discover God's plan for our lives, and we all know that we're uncommon, and He has a plan for our life. It never is over. There's no dead ends in God's plan. Romans 12.2 says it this way. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. We've changed the way we think because we've obeyed, because we've followed Christ. This is a tough talk, and this is why this talk, we wrestled for this. Like, this was a long talk prep in our communication team. Why? Because purpose is very ambiguous. You say that term, find your purpose, okay, this is going to be a great day. Lord bless you, right? And it's really tough to walk out and go, man, that is hard to achieve. But yet these passages lead us and show us, man, if we begin to honor one another, to just ripen the the environment for purpose to grow. If we discover that, man, maybe the mess in my life is, is not me doing something bad, it's God doing something right in my world and turning the mess into something beautiful. Or maybe we're discovering that I need to start obeying God or choose to follow God so that I can obey him and allow him to change my desires. Sometimes we want change in behavior, but we haven't put our faith in Jesus yet to do the behavioral change. He doesn't want us to bear that burden. We will learn God's will if we'll just surrender obey. He's for us. God's will is for us to walk out our special purposes. When we get to that place and have unlocked the sweet spot of his purpose, life is so crazy fulfilling. There's freedom in knowing you've found your purpose in God. So your action point today is not easy. You might not be able to accomplish it in a day. But your action point is find your purpose and help others find theirs. Find your purpose and help others find theirs. If you're seeking purpose yourself, then you'll pursue it until you find it. Or Maybe if you know somebody else around you is in a trial and they just don't understand that God has a purpose for them, you become that voice of encouragement, of life that they so desperately need. It's like you're the wind in their sail. So women, I think women have more words than men. I know that's the case in my house, Right? But that also means you have more self-talk than men. And those words need to shift. They need to say, I'm uncommon. I have special purposes for my life. So today I'm going to pray for you. And I don't know where you're at. Maybe you're in the mess. You're like, yeah, my life's whoo. I'm right there in the mess. Maybe today you were in that season where you're you're ready to obey you just need to take that step of obedience and choose to follow Jesus and and begin to allow God to shift things in the mind and the heart on the inside maybe you're feeling that challenge today that you need to honor others in a way that maybe is not standard for you maybe I'd need to be chef Robert Irvine and just give you a spiritual wallop upside the head. Just imagine me being strong and fit and stuff, and it'll work for you. God, I thank you for every person that is present today. And we specifically honor the women. Moms and future moms, or moms of moms, or just women who've never had that privilege of being a mom. God, I pray right now that you would just let your grace rest upon each of us. God, I pray that you would allow us to find that special purpose that you've spoken over us and into our lives. And I know for some in this room today, it's going to be them making a decision to follow you, Jesus, and simply praying that prayer, saying, Jesus, come into my life. I want to follow you as Lord. I want to be made new today, and I want to begin to obey your word and discover that transformation that shifts my thinking and allows behaviors to begin from the inside. I don't need a church for behavioral modification We need Jesus for a relationship that grows and shifts our heart and our mind, and we find ourselves doing things that please you and in that, finding our purpose. You have a plan for each person here. I pray for the men in the room that you would give us the courage to be honor-speaking, to be honor-builders, to be those that would sow seeds of honor and words of encouragement and comfort speaking faith into the lives of the women around us. May our actions match our words. May we walk out of here a better people to be around because we've been exposed to your word today. For those in a season of mess, God, I pray for your mercy. I pray for the suffering they're facing, and I pray that, God, on the other side of this, they would be so aware of the beauty that you're making out of those ashes. Whatever it is that they're facing, we, we mourn with them and pray encouragement into their life, that they would keep going, that they would see what's next, and they would lay it at your feet. God, I thank you for Mother's Day. In Jesus' name, amen.